Hello, wrestling fans, and thank you for joining us again this week as we are reliving the extreme. It is an ECW podcast. Nate Maxson here with you, along with my brother Aaron. Hello. And Mr. Chad Austin. Hey, guys. Happy Hooper holidays. We're all good. Yeah. Happy New Year, everybody. And thank you for joining us. Like I said, this week, boy, not a lot of meat on the bone. This week, folks, for us to uh, devour, we the I think um, I think the show the show last week we did was the sixth of July of 1993. This was the twentieth, so they must have had a preemption for a Flyers game or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, then yeah, that's what threw me show. off. That, that's what threw me off. Like when you guys texted what the date of the show was, I'm like, did I miss something? No, but no, no. I didn't miss if anything. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, and um. I'm not even sure this is ECW. It could have been another company I work for. But I, I think that as we record more of these, you're gonna find some more holes. Mm-hmm. And and I and and I I've heard I've heard several stories about why. It, it could have been money. It could have been like you said, Nate, like the preempting of mm-hmm. um, you know, either another sports game or whatever, or just it was just something else was going on. That, you know, whatever, but yeah, I think I think ECW. If I'm not mistaken, you're going to find there's more holes in their consecutive weeks than I think almost any other company. And plus, plus, look at their their outlets. Right. Yeah. The sun the sunshine sunshine network or whatever it's yeah. called, and this I mean, the sports and channel. And-, and we're watching it on the WWE network, so we're getting we're getting whoever Paul owed the least amount of money to <laughs> for, for the original tapes. So there could have been somebody else involved in all of this, you know, that probably goes, you know what, motherfucker, you're not getting these tapes. It was the G in the HHG. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see when we get to the Valley Forge stuff, because I can't seem to find anything about it on the network whatsoever. And that to me is when I started, when I, I, I saw the writing on the wall. There is mm-hmm. something going on here that nobody's being told about. And I don't know if you, have you guys seen any of that stuff? I don't think so. Yeah. See, I don't, I I can't find, I just found a a New York show um, from, I think it was Brooklyn or something like that. The first, I think, I don't know. It wasn't the Bally. It wasn't the the hall show, their big battalion hall show. Mm -hmm. I never knew that existed. And I saw hack was on it. And I'm like, why wasn't I there? I can't, I don't, I, you know, I have no idea where I was at or why I wasn't there, but yeah, it was crazy to me, but it wasn't even a TV show. It was just taped, but yeah, you're, mm. you're going to, you're right. I was like going, you said seven twenty ninety three, and I looked back at my last week's notes and I said seven six ninety three. Yeah. That's a weak jump. I thought you fucked up, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but after, after looking, I realized, no, it is. They just skipped a week, or and they even mystery. say they even say last week on last week's show, and it is the stuff we watched last week. So they, yeah, so, like I said, I was like, "What the? Did I miss something? Did I have like a fever dream? <laughs> what the fuck well, happened?" Well, you also got to remember a lot of them wraparounds and a lot of them openings and stuff like that. They were already pre-done, mm-hmm. so like none of that was going to match up with anything. And all the matches were in just inserts and, st- you know, stuff like that. But, yeah, I think Jay Sully was just told to say any, every time he was on TV last week. 
Because <laughs> that's what he's so familiar saying. Look, you're not going to fuck that up. You yeah, say it every week. The two things he has to say as many times as he can in the show are last week and Pauly. Oh, and and <laughs> I think the, he says it like seven hundred times in this. Pauly and, and, and the ECW. Yeah, he goes the, the ECW. The Eastern well, Championship Wrestling. <laughs> I mean, I always call, I'm not a football fan, but when I talk to football guys, I always say, like, I watch the NFL. <laughs> and I, I put the emphasis on the, because I make it sound that much bigger. It's the <laughs> NFL. Not to be confused with any other NFL. NFL ever. Yeah, off topic, but that used to drive me nuts when guys in WCW would say the WCW. The World Championship Wrestling. Like if you say it, if you take it to its, if it to its conclusion. <laughs> yeah. it's All right, I, I guess we can get into this now. We open our show as usual with Jay Sully, Polly Dangerously, and Todd Gordon. And Todd Gordon has stink face on here. He is he is angry. He is a mad Todd Gordon. Hang to on, hang on, Nate, real quick before mm-hmm. before we go any further. Um, just correct me if I've ever said this before. That big, gigantic Oscar-looking thing that Sal Blomo walks out with, mm-hmm. with the feathers on it. Mm-hmm. I swear, I remember. I don't know why I didn't bring this up. Did I bring this up earlier? No. Uh. Uh-uh. It used to sit in the back, like against the wall, like every <laughs> single every like because they used to use that um that building to build stage props mm-hmm. for plays and shit. So, because the building is really huge for a bingo hall, it's really huge, and they used to build props. and And wait till you see when they had the palm trees thing when you come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were all backstage. <laughs> they were all just stuff that was sitting around backstage. So when I remember so, Sal coming, I never paid attention to Sal. And when I saw him walking out with a Japanese mask, I was thinking, like, I remember that sitting against the wall. How many months was that there before somebody finally decided to use it? So, <laughs> son, the wild man, see what happens. <laughs> Let him go wild in some fucking Art Deco junkyard. That yeah. helmet, that helmet had the longest run in ECW. Yeah, <laughs> it was probably send him out, send him out there and make him send him out there and make him look like a fucking New Orleans fucking parade or whatever. <laughs> People throwing beads at them. Yeah, there, there, there used to be there used to be so much stuff back there. I remember, like people used to like stumble because like, there was actually two rooms too. So people would go in the other room, the kayfabe, and you, you know you go back there and they'd be they'd be having like half done stuff or you know something wasn't finished and shit like that. And there was always shit laying around. So I, I, I'm going to say like any of them props that you see on TV between you know then and. Later on, all came from this. Somebody didn't pay their bill to even leave, you know, to leave their theatrical <laughs> props there. And then Sal Blomo said, "Hey, let's start using them and go kids for the kids." <laughs> Going on the props thing, like a shit just laying around, isn't wasn't that like the antithesis the antithesis of um um the Al Snowhead thing? I I don't that I don't know. I think Al may have had that. I, well, I, I I do know this. That Al, I think Al may have had that gimmick coming in, whatever. But there was a beauty shop, like around the, literally in the same complex as the arena. You walk out the, the front door, 
you make a left, you go down to the corner. There was like a beauty shop down there. Like they sold like weaves and all that shit. And I think um, Paul asked, I think I want to say it was Doug, Doug Gentry, um, me, and and maybe the judge, maybe Jeff, to go, go, gave us like 30 bucks or 50 bucks and told us to go buy as many of them heads, whatever. And I think they only had like seven. You know, or like, or, you know what I mean? They didn't right. have a whole shit ton of them there. And um, yeah, we came back, and, I, and that's kind of like I, I was done, but I was just hanging out there. Like I was, you know, I was going up with friends and hanging out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't even work there. And as a matter of fact, I'm not even sure I even knew about Al Snow and a head gimmick before I went on the big fucking styrofoam head run. <laughs> but you want to talk about that opening? How how tough? Did um the Todd sound when he said he was talking about levying fines and handing out suspensions if people don't get like their act in order? I, 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 get their, people don't get their act together around here. I'm gonna start is throwing that fines. <laughs> he's going, he's like going through puberty. <laughs> I, I looked at I looked at Jess. This, like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> I looked. He didn't even say bullshit. I looked at <laughs> Jess and I was like Jess. If if I don't get my act in order, are you going to yell at me like that? <laughs> yeah, that was the worst. That that you know, I'm I'm going to start handing out fines and let and, you know and suspensions, and you know how the rest should go. You know, it's mm-hmm. basically if you guys don't get your shit straight, but you ain't got to say shit, but you ain't guys just sound like you know what I mean. <laughs> With, know? Yeah, ne- you have negative gravitas, Mister. No, it's like if you don't get your act together. <laughs> Jeez. If you guys don't get your ducks in a row. Yeah, um, if you guys don't straighten up. <laughs> uh, but I do love, I do love Polly's reaction to Terry Funk coming out. Paul, yeah, I love Polly. Oh, yeah, fuck off, whatever, you little mousy, Gordon uh, motherfucker. And then fucking Terry shows up and he freaks the fuck out. It was, it was good. <laughs> That that I I made a little joke saying that I think that was the first show that Paulie started booking and he was handling the money. <laughs> that that was a um. Eight, eight, oh, eight, fuck! Eight. Terry wants paid. <laughs> yes. I have to go. Yeah, that, that was a shoot. Paul was out there just to cut the you know the jabroni generic opening of the show, and Terry realized that he wasn't getting his money, and he decides. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go out there and pay him a visit. And going, oh, shit. He wasn't booked for this fuck. You know, he wasn't booked for this spot. So, yeah, I think I think that may have been a half shoot, honestly. But for, for some reason, Terry didn't look that great to me, like physically. No. Yeah, physically, well, I was gonna... he looked decent. But am I, am I wrong? No, I actually have in my notes that it's weird because he looked we when did we watch that super summer sizzler thing it was only maybe what not a month ago maybe he looked well, in that, that, he was looked in, that was june right yeah so it's about it yeah cuz oh yeah it would have been because this is the 20th of july and that show was the 19th of june so 3 weeks cuz we missed a week um he looked in better shape during the match with gilbert than like marginally better shape in the in the match with Gilbert than well, he did I'm, here. I'm not I'm not even necessarily saying like his shape because I thought he looked great physically. Maybe it was healthy wise. Like mm-hmm. his posture just seemed a little odd. Like maybe he just wasn't, 
you know, maybe he was in the middle of doing something before he told him to go out. You know what I mean? Like, the way he just right. stood there, I was like, he doesn't look like Terry Funk. You know, like, he doesn't look, he doesn't have that, he, he wasn't commanding that same presence that he normally did. Like, I even wrote, he looked crazy, but I don't mean crazy, and I'm drawing money per wrestling-wise way. Like, like he was literally like, what the fuck am I doing? They literally just said, go to the ring. You know, mm-hmm. go out there, and he and, probably just realized, I'm walking out, I gotta chase Paul Lee away, I guess. It was weird, it, it looked weird to me. Maybe it's just me, I'm off. Uh, it's just, I, I put on the promo, like, the Terry Funk promo was short and sweet and he just kind of, it, it, it didn't, it didn't scream Terry Funk to me, you know, it just looked okay, like a guy. That, it just looked like a guy that was going out there that had no fucking prep. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, how do I, yeah, like, I, 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 guess, I, 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 I know so. Terry Funk's a professional and, or, and whatever, but I think in this instance, like he went out there, and I don't think anybody was saying, "Hey, Terry, here's your bullet points. This is what's going on." He was just like, "Okay, I'm yeah, going yeah. out here and doing something." Yeah, uh, you know, Aaron, I, you're right. So I guess you're looking at it the same way I did. If that's what you got out of it, that's pretty much what I got out of it. It was basically like he was standing around doing something else, and somebody said you have to go out there, and it wasn't until he opened the curtain up that he realized. All right, I'll make it up as I go along, right? Yeah, it's chicken. It's chicken salad out of chicken shit is what he's doing. And he did. He did okay. And Paul Lee certainly didn't didn't hurt the you know the result. But it was just a little over the top. For Christ, goddamn! For Christ's sake, I'd take that beating before I looked as fucking <laughs> gay as Paul looked running away. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he he rolled around the guardrails like he was Chris Jericho looking for hugs from the from all the Jericho holics. <laughs> Like he was, he was stumbling, you know, you know, he saw him, he was stumbling around, you know, and I'm just thinking like, God damn, Terry just walks out. He didn't come out pointing any fingers, you know, he didn't yell. No, at yeah, he, saw, he just saw, he just sauntered out and Polly hauled ass and screamed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think they sent Terry out there. To wrap prime. it up. Yeah, they, they sent him out there on prime. He had no idea what he was doing. It, they probably wanted to cut the segment. They could have wanted. They could have wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. The segment could have been running along, yeah. and because you know, at this point, we're, we are getting uncomfortably close to the split. You know, yeah. so maybe maybe Paul being out there at ringside and Eddie being in the back, you know, being the director, maybe he tried to go in a different direction. You know, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know, but you know, think about it that way. That could have been it because, you know, Paulie, I think Paulie overreacted because of the fact that he really didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. Why the fuck okay. is, you know, because he realized, he, <laughs> well, you know, he, he's smart enough to know that he, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to allow Terry Funk to come out there without him knowing what he's going to do to do mm-hmm. whatever Terry Funk wants to do. So he decided, get the fuck out of here. like get out of here you know before if if he gets a hold of me i don't know what he's doing because we never went over this you know so it's in my best interest it's better to look stupid and run away you know to be the heel Mm -hmm. than to just let terry funk beat you up out there and there wouldn't be any payoff later on anyway right (laughs) so we roll into uh a, a promo from funk talking about his upcoming tv title match tonight with Jimmy Snuka. 
nothing really. I didn't have. I just put. I just put funk promo on Snuka. There really wasn't anything that was uh, of of note that I had here. I I I wrote Dennis promo air before, <laughs> and that's highly possible too. I think We've it's been airing since April. I think. I don't know. <laughs> The, the, the only the only thing the only thing I got out of it that I that I kind of I, I chuckled at because at this point somebody was coming to my house to do some plumbing work and I had to, they had to sit there while while I watched this is that he's supposed to be handcuffed to Hunter Q Robbins and I still think there was another bad breath joke in there because <laughs> Belomo said that he was going to eat a bunch of eat garlic a, yeah a bunch of garlic yeah I'm gonna eat a bunch of garlic and. <laughs> I caught that too. <laughs> yeah, he and, basically was like, "I'm gonna eat a bunch of garlic and throw it back at you, brother." Is what he did to him. <laughs> so I really, I really think, I really think that they're still making fun of Hunter's Hunter's breath. And uh, the next, the next um, thing that I wrote down, it didn't even take a, a whole line on my page. I just wrote, "Boy, Hunter is bad." He really is. Like he's just he's he's got he's almost got to go bad. <laughs> And, and was this was this when Paul came out and they were talking together? Like they had um, that little was Paul interviewing him? Like Paul had the microphone, right? And he was talking. To yes, Hunter. yes, he was okay. talking. To, he was talking to Hunter and Candido because Candido has the cast. Okay, he was selling. Candido was selling the arm, and I wonder if like if Paul was kind of like almost auditioning Hunter. You know, mm-hmm. like. Can you can you keep up with me? You know, can you can you follow what I'm saying? You hear? You know what I mean? Because I because for me to go, boy, he was bad, and it's not like Paul was trying to make him look bad, right? Paul was like was, was feeding him, was feeding him stuff, feeding him ideas. Think, 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 guy. You know, mm-hmm. come on. Oh yeah, and you can see. I mean, even in his facial expressions, the way he was looking at him and everything, he's trying to give him like some high signs and everything. And Hunter's just being Hunter. Yeah, he was just being, he was just being, you know, blah. And, you know, a guy with a gimmick that he has the cane thing, you know, mm-hmm. I, I believe if, you, if you're going to be a heel manager, which is already fucking the kiss of death in the business anyway, especially in this day and age, and you have a gimmick, a cane, seriously. I mean, you know. Why come up with a better thing than that, you know? Well, and not to mention that, not to mention that, but if you are going to use it, use it. And when I say that, I mean Freddie Blassie. Freddie Blassie with Freddie Blassie's cane. He always made sure that when they introduced him to the crowd or what have you, he raised that cane up. Yeah. You know, and, and it, you knew that was part of his package. You know, that was the cane. The cane yeah. was an extension of the man, I guess. Every silly, time, but. every time Cornette came out, you know, there was, you know, they always say that on every Seinfeld episode, there's one superhero that's shown every single episode. You know what that was? Superman. It was Superman. Mm-hmm. All right, show me one Jim Cornette promo where you can't see that fucking tennis racket. Exactly, flying around, and when he's it's coming sh- down the aisle, shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, like you said, uh, they did. Uh, Blasty would hold up the um thing, you know. But you know, here's fucking Hunter. He's just got the cane for no. He doesn't have a handicap. You know, he just <laughs> carrying a cane around. I can go to the orthopedic store down the street in my strip mall and buy and buy a cane. I can also buy that big bike by bionic dusty leg boot too. I mean, I don't you think might, my might be, to cover it. You might you might be able to find Sal's hat too, maybe. <laughs> It may have made its oh. way there too. 
Yeah, they just gotta like. I mean, that that's some stuff that. Well, that's why you're not going to see Hunter around much longer. And, and, I, and I, I hate to say it like that, but that was just the thinning of the herd. That was just the way the business was going anyway. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to have a gimmick like that, figure out a way to make sure everybody knows, you know, that yeah. it's yours. You know? Who the fuck knows? If I was watching it for the first time, I would think the guy's fucking handicapped. He was in a car accident. <laughs> you know? But we all know that Jim Cornette has a loaded racket. Mm-hmm. Paul Lee's got a cell phone, you know, it's just all, it's all presentation. And, and clearly you can see like, like both you guys did that as well as me, that you can see where Paul Lee was testing them out, you know, giving them the audition. And he yeah. just realized it's only a matter of time before you, because it's only a matter of time before they started thinking about Matt, him managing me too. It's Hunter Q. So I guess we'll say <laughs> Paul Lee was giving him the sniff test. But uh, <laughs> Aaron, it was Hunter. It, it, it was Hunter's cue to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, Hunter didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> so now we roll into our seven hundred and thirteenth uh, match between the Super Destroyers and the uh, the Suicide Blondes in the fifteen week run of this show so far. This time around, it's for the titles, uh, as we mentioned. Sal also for their careers, for the. Uh, Titles versus careers. Don't forget that. Yes. And at one point I wrote down here, did I just, maybe I, or maybe it was one of the other matches we saw them in, but I thought at one point the destroyers masks were supposed to be on the line in this match. Did anybody ever say that? that Last week, wasn't it? (laughs) I I don't know. I'm lost. This thing has me lost. Cause it's just, isn't that how the super D's won the belts because their, their masks were on the line. I don't know. I don't I mean, remember. I mean, at, at any point, was Bill Dundee's Camaro <laughs> on, on the line? You know what I mean? Or MJF's um, ring? Big Big Mama's what? hair. Big Mama's yeah. hair was on the line in this match. The Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup. They, they, they brought the head out there? Like, what happened? What happened? They tried to defend. You know, you can't make it definitive. You guys, obviously have to figure out a way, you know, and maybe it's just that they realize their career is coming to an end. So they come up with all these matches that won't affect them. You know, <laughs> if, if, if we lose, as long as we don't have to unmask. Okay. As long as we don't have to break up, we'll just, uh, we'll just keep doing other stipulations and stuff like that. Well, if I lose, maybe I could be baby dolls valet for a month. Doesn't, doesn't your dad have that old trailer in his yard? We can put that up. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking train wreck. <laughs> at, at that point, it was if we lose, we have to go to the AWA. <laughs> and God. nobody wants to do that. I, I'm not even sure it existed. It, it didn't. <laughs> Unless that fat guy had. What was that? That other. Oh, God. I don't want to get down the weeds. And remember that guy that tried to restart the AWA? Oh, the, the other Ganya guy, the guy? <laughs> Dave, Dave Ganya or whatever his name was. God, AWA hey, Superstars or whatever it was called. Wasn't yeah. Nature Boy Paul Lee somehow mixed up in that too? Yep. Probably. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought so. I, um, I, the only Dale. Th- that's what it was. It was Dale Ganya. Sorry, I said Dave. It was Dale But it was Ganya. actually Gagne or whatever the fuck. <laughs> he just told everybody that he was a Ganya. My my, yeah. my last name's Demira, and I tell everybody that my my dad was on a Days of Our Lives. 
And they're like, your dad is Stefano? <laughs> he's one of the most famous soap opera, I guess, heels in the history of the business. And, and, and they're like, Damira? <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's him. Wow. <laughs> people still kayfabe. People still kayfabe soap operas. <laughs> and the beginning they, asked of- I, they asked me if I felt my brother yet. <laughs> he's been missing I don't know since 2000 I think I heard 8 or 9 or something <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not I'm pretty sure that the guy whoever my brother was is not on the show anymore <laughs> if he hasn't been on the show in like 14 years or something been in a coma on an island somewhere uh, is that uh, yeah I, I don't know what, what am I what, what it's something I think somebody should do on a soap opera because you know like people always um they always say like, "Oh, this character has amnesia," you know, so they they don't remember things. I think it would be great on a soap opera for like somebody like fall off a horse, hit their head, and get reverse amnesia and like remember shit they never knew before. <laughs> or, or all of a sudden, they, all of a sudden they speak German, <laughs> or all of a sudden they know all the secrets, and they're like, "Oh, we got to shut this guy up. He knows too much now." He was he was the retard before he fell off the horse, and now he's fucking. Super I'm, not smart. A, I'm not a I'm not a soap opera guy. So, I mean, do, do they do that shit like on soap opera? Yeah. They're always just like, oh, the, this chick fell off a horse, and she has amnesia now, and she doesn't remember that she was a billionaire or whatever. Yeah. Reverse amnesia would be a great. Model. Well, I, I think reverse good- amnesia would be you would see the future. That'd be a good wrestling. That'd be a good wrestling gimmick too. Yeah, reverse amnesia. <laughs> but in this fucking match at the beginning of it, <laughs> at the beginning of this fucking match, before the bell rings, the super D's are standing in the ring, and one of the super D's he doesn't even get on the mic. He just yells out, "Well." We're going to keep these belts where they belong and we're going to defend them for the people. That's what he yells. And none of the people even react. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting ready to turn this whole entire podcast into a fucking a bit about reverse amnesia. <laughs> because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think about how do you how do you call a match in a locker room with a guy who already knows what you're going to do? <laughs> you're trying to put together and you're like, well, I'll throw you. I know. Yeah. And then when I go, I got it. <laughs> how, how, how does that work? I mean, yeah. you can avoid. You never this, get jumped in the locker room. None of this is going to matter when you're retired next year, anyway. <laughs> it's it just amazing. It's like it's it's even lazier than Orange Cassidy. Like, I've already what, seen your ten bell salute. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like I think the guy that, yeah, like the next guy that dies, they look at the whole entire thing and I'm not out there and they're like, Well, I need to see Chad Olson Demare's not out there. Yeah, I already know, I've already seen it. <laughs> I I booked it. <laughs> that, that that to me is it's it it, it, it reeks even lazier than Orange Cassidy. <laughs> Why even do the spots? Because I know you're gonna do them. <laughs> so I, I just stand there and go, No, I'm gonna go sit down. Go ahead, go th- go through the little routine. But what's the finish? I already and know that. Because <laughs> I already know I'm not going over. So I'll just roll in the ring right when you're supposed to give me the, you know, the big move. 
kind of thing. Yeah. I, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to take this to the fucking moon over here. <laughs> yeah. Reverse amnesia. <laughs> but I, but I, but I, but I will say this about the super D's and the blonde the blondes match. This was the gimmick where they were going to chain or handcuff Hunter Q to Blomo, right? Yep. Well, they at least they at least for this time this this time frame. They at least did the hand cake, the handcuff angle right, where, you know, Hunter was decent enough to, to, to not want to get handcuffed, you know what I mean, and then forcing him to it. I'm like, okay, they're, they're doing it right. They're at least right. attempting to make it look like he's he's doesn't want to be chained to him. And when as soon as they did, Sal grabbed him, kind of thing. And I'm like, all right, maybe this is going somewhere. And then I wrote. Now we got Paulie and Eddie Gilbert eating pizza. So <laughs> obviously you knew where that segment went. Aaron, um, what do you think? Well, um, before Eddie Gilbert and Paul Heyman devoured the pizza, there was a there was an ending to the match, and it was a clusterfuck. And um, the Super D's. Um, lose because Chris Candido comes out with his cast and jumps off the top rope and the only thing I the main note I wrote on this is that the Holly the, the Hollywood Blondes, the Suicide Blondes have retained the titles so I'm pretty much sure Jesus fucking Christ we're gonna get another goddamn <laughs> that or the Super well, D's are gone one of the two no, because I remember being there when they lost their masks. I mean, maybe it wasn't tape for TV, but mm-hmm. I, re- I remember the unimpressiveness <laughs> of when they removed their fucking hoods. I, because they, because I, I, you know, God bless AJ. And I don't know too, I don't know Doug that much, but we were, cl- we were cool every time we hung out. Mm-hmm. But they weren't over, like, you know, Without the masks, right? And they did the whole deal. I know they did. I mean, like I said, maybe they didn't. It hasn't aired yet, or they haven't got to it, or whatever happened. But they did the whole deal, or they sold it out. It was heartbreaking for them to take the hoods off. And then when they did, it was just like, <laughs> "Oh, you work at the fucking Jiffy Loop." <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, because you... my grass. Yeah, you sacked <laughs> my shit the other day at the grocery store. I remember you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, right. You know, hey, the prices on oranges came down yet. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's I, mean, the only, I was just going to say, that's the only thing I took from this match was before I knew the outcome, I just thought, man, I really hope the blondes lose this because if they're leaving, then this is over. And then they won. So I'm like, fuck, it's going to be a rematch. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hope, let's hope you're not right. This is the goddamn lamb chop of fucking professional wrestling. It's like the few that'll never end. It just goes on and on, my friends. Why don't you go get into a shipwreck or something and see if you can get reverse amnesia and tell us what what next week looks like? Because believe believe me. I'll get on a shipwreck. I'll get on a shipwreck with the other cast from Gilligan's Island. Who's that? Last week when I said that cast. <laughs> oh, not, not the other one? Not the yeah. other one. <laughs> All right, Skipper, moving on. 
<laughs> Paulie and Eddie Gilbert are on South Street in Philly. The goddamn and highlight I, of the show. I enjoyed the fuck out of this segment. Yeah, this I really the goddamn this. highlight of the show. Polly calling everybody Vinny. <laughs> I, I did think that pizza looked halfway decent. Yeah, it looked decent. It looked pretty good. Uh, I mean, there, I, 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 I don't remember having a whole lot of South Philly or South Street pizzas because I want the I want the South Street not a whole lot because by the time the shows were over, it, you know, it was kind of a like a big to do like to get there. Everything. It was just like by the time we were done leaving the building, everything was winding down. So it wasn't a whole lot. Of, a whole lot. I think the only times that I went is when I didn't work, because mm-hmm. that way I could leave. You know, right? Because Paulie made everybody stay after the show so they can watch promos. And you know, he he said just in case we wanted to use you for promos. But I'm sitting there with 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 um with Cactus. And all these other Kevin Sullivan and all the other guys, and I'm thinking, there's no fucking way Paulie's going to tell me I'm next. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? There's no, there's no way. Like uh, he has me sitting here because he wants me to, you know, to learn. I mm-hmm. get it. That's fine. And plus, I'm not. I haven't got paid yet. Yeah, <laughs> not going to leave yet. <laughs> yeah, so there was a lot of times I didn't get out of there until three o'clock in the morning. But on nights where I didn't work or, or Paul didn't use me, if, if Paul wasn't going to use me, I I made it the best to be known that I wasn't seen. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was like, OK, well, the show is three quarters of the way over. We got Funk and Sabu and maybe one other thing going. He's, I, he doesn't have anything for me. I'm, I'm just going to, you know, get my guys and go get the fuck out of here. Go back to the hotel or right, go to South Street. South Street's great. And I, I wish I wish. I could remember how the pizza was, but that pizza looked so goddamn good up there. I was thinking like, I wonder if it's, if it was as good as I remember it. And Eddie sold it too. Um, Eddie was like, there's a, there's a lot to dissect in this. Um, Polly, Polly says, Eddie, look around at your kingdom. What do you see? And Eddie says, Polly, I see our loyal subjects. And Polly says, oh, no, Eddie, they're your loyal subjects. And he says, we share everything, Polly. We share everything. You want to ask Missy? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and Polly goes, oh, no, no, we can know. And oh, no, I, I didn't catch that. So Paul, Paul brought it up. No, no. Paulie says, Paulie says, Eddie, um, look around. What do you see? And Eddie says, I see all of our loyal subjects. And Paulie says, oh, no, they're yours. They're your loyal subjects, Eddie. And Eddie goes, we share everything, Paulie. You want to ask Missy? Oh, well. (laughs) And Polly goes, no, 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 I don't want to do that. And then Eddie goes, well, what about Medusa? And that's where Polly goes, "Um, oh, don't blame me for your past mistakes, Eddie. That's all (laughs) on you. This all went on? Yeah. Like, (laughs) seriously? Yes. Like, I wrote it down. I paused it and rewound it a little bit. 
and and, and this is where I was going to say that, like May was talking about last <laughs> week, that Eddie was a little drunk. Eddie was blatantly fucking drunk when he was doing this. Shit. <laughs> like Eddie was done. Like like he was fucking drunk. Well, like my my plumber must have been sitting down on the sofa with me, <laughs> talking over the bill or something during all this, because all I kind of just knew that it was going to be funny, you know, because Paul and well, I, yeah, we're sitting here beating the show up over the Super D's and Hunter Q and all, and. Here's Paulie and Eddie shooting on each other about Missy. Like, yeah. And Medusa. And, and they're fucking, they're going to town on this shit, and, man. And then uh, also, also, did you notice they bring that one old guy up and they call him John Gillum. <laughs> oh, that, that's the, that's the best. John Gillum's the greatest. <laughs> that's the, that's the greatest. That to me is like one of the funniest things. Like and and in the business is like how it ever happened is that Eddie Gilbert could just take John Gillum <laughs> and, and and got him over as a main event guy. Well, he's at this pizza place. He's at this pizza place this time around. <laughs> John, Gillum. It. John, it's John I, Gillum. <laughs> said, um, Eddie Gilbert goes, "What is your name? My name is John Gillum." And, and, it, and it's funny because you can't understand him say it. But Paulie goes, your name is John Gillum. Like, <laughs> I understood it. Oh, no, I have I, I have to go back and watch this now. Because now yeah, it's that, like, this is the, I, I, I said this is the best part of the show. Like, I wrote that as a guess. But now that you're telling me about the Missy Eye <laughs> stuff, then I guess that was Oh, right. man, you got to watch it, man. And, 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 and this is a, this might be a, um, like an off the rails note or whatever. Um, I really like watching Eddie and his facial expressions and his, his cadence and the way he spoke and everything. I really think that Brian Christopher was a bigger fan of Eddie Gilbert than he was of his dad. Oh, like, no, that, he, he was a bigger fan of Eddie in real life than he was of his dad's. Yeah, like, like, just, like, watching Eddie Gilbert in this segment and then watching, like, a Brian Christopher in, like, 95, 97. Brian not, Christopher... Go back, go back earlier than that. Go back to 91, 92. He, he was doing, he was doing Eddie. Um, he was doing Eddie circa 82. 83 and um in Memphis like it, it was that just I'm the undersized chicken shit heel that just thinks I'm better than everybody else kind of you know thing and Eddie that was Eddie but that was you got to think now this is 10 years later so now Brian just cranked it up yeah you know he was doing it but yeah in 95 Brian was still doing the same thing as Eddie you know like Eddie Eddie knew his Eddie knew like his spot you know, he was never going to be six, you know, whatever, four, three, two, mm-hmm. six, one, zero, five, eleven. <laughs> he, he, he was never going to be any of that. He was never going to be 230, 220, 210, 200. <laughs> but, but he knew how to get his character over, you know. And mm-hmm. that's the that's a completely just a lost art in the business. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. but, um, but I, I, I agree because I, I, I know firsthand from when I was in Memphis that Brian and Jerry didn't get along 
um, uh, the first, I don't know how many years it was that Brian broke in. I, I mean, that was, that was evident, you mm-hmm. know? And um, then after, I think everybody in Memphis knew, but not everybody outside of Memphis knew. So once word got out and then Jerry had, a, if I had to guess, he pulled him aside and said, look, you know, you're my son. You got to get your act together. You know, <laughs> I'm going to find yeah. you like Todd Gordon's going to do. If you guys don't, uh, you know, get your act order. suspensions. Yeah, you get your act together, Brian Christopher. <laughs> but you, but you know what I mean. How that goes, yeah. you know? Because Jerry can't have fucking Brian running around fucking Germantown, Tennessee, causing trouble. You know, under his name, and everybody yeah. there knew who he was, and he did. Brian was Brian was decent, but it wasn't until Brian became a bigger star than. You know, I guess the wheels fell off, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to say like anything about like against like Brian Christopher's um, lifestyle or whatever. I'm just saying like the the way he performed. I it's like when I watched this, I'm like, man, when I watched Eddie Gilbert doing this, and then I watched like pre like Grandmaster Sexy Brian Christopher, I see a lot more. Eddie Gilbert and Brian Christopher than I do Jerry Lawler. Of course. I I stole the I I stole the Eddie Gilbert um punch bump. You know the spot that like when the baby phase is making the comeback and they're feeding and feeding her. If, if there's not even anybody but Eddie and the spot where he's supposed to bump and he does that deal where he kind of hops mm-hmm. and takes that bump. Like I stole that bump. I was like, that's a big fucking bump. Like you're selling that punch. You know, that one, you're getting pop, 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 pop. And then the guy gives you the one big blast. And you take that big little jump kind of spot. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, one, one of my favorite TV matches, and I say that with a pretense, TV matches, is Eddie versus Coco in Mid-South. Mm-hmm. Or UWF. I love that match. Because they worked Memphis. They had, I guess, maybe five minutes, four minutes mm-hmm. to work a, a Memphis um, TV match in front of a humongous audience, you know? And it, they, it worked out. And Coco about knocked his fucking head off with a drop kick. <laughs> but I, I don't know whose head he didn't knock off with that drop kick, honestly. That guy's, that guy's <clears throat> getting, we've got, yeah, whatever. Coco's terribly underrated. I'm I it, Birdman or not, whatever gimmick or not, I was always a fan of Coco, man. Like, did, did, I, did I tell you what piece of memorabilia I had of Coco's? No. Well, I don't have it anymore, and the reason why I don't and I can't hate on it is because my mom, my grandma was my mom. My grandma raised me. Mm-hmm. She had she ended up with dementia, mm. and she ended up like she was cleaning out the garage and she found some stuff. I had, you guys are going to beat me up over this, and I, I lose sleep over it still. I had Coco Beware's boots. The, the boots that he wore in the match against Ric Flair at the Mid-South Coliseum, the only time he wrestled Flair. Damn. <laughs> I had, I owned them boots. And they were so raggedy because it was like 1983 or something. Mm-hmm. You know, or 82 or something. And they were a medium. And at one point, my mom threw away my other wrestling boots. My boots. She, she threw them away. 
So I had to use his boots one night. I, I, I got to find what match it was, if I have it on tape or not, so I can just prove to everybody, they're cooking with the Irish boots. <laughs> and, um, and, and he wore a medium. Like a, he had like a size seven foot, and I was wow. a size ten. <laughs> I still squeeze my ass into them fucking boots, <laughs> but I, I, I hate, I hate, I hate telling that story because that's a piece of history that you know, right? You know, that Coco would probably want to know what happened to them boots. You know, Flair wouldn't give a fuck what happened to him. <laughs> but, I, but, but I'm sure if I told Coco, look, I have your boots. Because they had the little, I don't know what his gimmick was on the side of it, whatever his emblem was, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they were the white patent leather boots with the big thick laces, and I I just needed them one day. I couldn't find my boots, and my mom, oh, they're in the big ugly things. And I was like, oh, Jizo is, and <laughs> and, then, and then when I started looking for the cocoa boots when I was moving out, and I, I couldn't find them. I went, oh no. But you know, how can you beat up? How can you beat up your mom when she's you know, going to the mansion? <laughs> Ah, the cocoa boot story. <laughs> I have so many possible names for this episode. All right, so well, Aaron, we got, you... well, I have a call off still, Pierce. <laughs> Aaron, do you have anything else on the on the Gilbert segment? No, I just thought it was really good, and there, <laughs> Polly kind of cracked me up a little bit more than just the like even off the um, Missy Hyatt Medusa thing. Uh, fucking Jay Selly shows up and he's half in the bag too. And um, he makes a joke about how the, the pizza the pizza looks like Jay Sully's face. He's like, take a close up of the pizza. It looks like Jay Sully without the makeup. Yeah, before makeup. Jay Sully, and Jay Sully goes, that's really funny, Polly. And then Polly goes, I know it is, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and doesn't doesn't Jay say, yeah, Polly, I'm Italian. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he's supposed to have bit. a quote unquote pizza face <laughs> because he's Italian. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, this, this fucking Eddie Gilbert and Paul D getting pizza—that that, that's the highlight of the fucking show. Well, if we want to, we can continue talking about that segment before we get into the goddamn next one because I got no <laughs> notes on this. I'm pretty sure I was—I'm pretty sure I was signing an invoice to. Get my my kitchen sink fixed at this point. <laughs> Good God! So uh, up up next on this show, we got a a rock and rebel promo, along with his new ally, Mister Tony Stetson, and they're talking about uh, rebel blinding peaches. So yeah, that's there. Well, who's that? Where where was that at? Was that in the back? Yeah, yeah, it was a. Uh, I don't even. Remember. I think I don't think Stevie Wonderful had the. Interview. I don't know who did the interview. No, Paulie was interviewed. Polly? Was it Paulie? Paulie interviewed him, and and Rock and Rebel came out and was like making like doing like oh I'm blind, and then turned serious on it. It was a shitty promo. I don't have a single note. I have Rebel versus Winners. I don't have a single note about the um about no promo. So literally, I probably was signing some invoices for yeah. plumber. <laughs> like we, we could, we, we couldn't. I, I probably saw the match was coming up next, and I probably said, "Can you hurry up?" <laughs> and, Can't wait and, to watch this. Um, <laughs> in the match, in the match, um, it's a it's a ECW heavyweight title contenders match, and Rebel 
is listed as number five, and Winters is listed as number nine. But then the Rebel. So who's, is, who's three, four, six, seven, and eight? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> but, but Neither do they. When he's introduced, Rebel is introduced as the number six contender. So that led me to believe that this ECW contendership listing is complete bullshit. Are you claiming this is fraudulent? Yes. It's complete bullshit. They're they're not not going with their own stories? Yes. I think it's fabricated. And it's, it's like terrible. a it's like a li- it's like a list in the after mag. <laughs> I, I can't I can't believe they even attempted to even try to pretend like that existed. <laughs> I, I mean, no, honestly, I, I'm shocked because at this point, I'm going to be honest. At, this this show got got to me like when Jim Cornette watched the girls match. Uh, <laughs> everything just like I could I couldn't find. I, I went out and fed the birds, <laughs> like literally. And, and I, I think I already checked the mail, and I'm sure I already got the mail, but I re went back out and did it again just to make sure I didn't miss anything or the guy may have came again kind of thing. Because I'm thinking, like, I, I can't, I, I you know, th- this could have been, I don't know who I texted where I said, can't we just pretend like July and August <laughs> Because if it's going to be winners every week with Rebel, you know, you're not going to get a whole lot of criticism out of me. The less said about this, the less said about this match, the best. But the worst part is Winters goes over, and he's not even the guy you're trying to push. <laughs> and it's not like it's not like Rebel lost because Sandman interfered. Sandman never even showed up the whole hour. Yeah, wasn't it just a, like a, a screwy kind of finish? Yeah, Stetson accidentally hit him, and he was trying to hit Winters or uh, whatever. It was terrible. Um, yeah, it's you know, honestly. This is no. This is not a knock on Paul or Eddie or anybody else. If you don't have fucking something good to put on TV, then just don't put it on TV. <laughs> you know, make. I, I would do a whole show of videos because they already stole music anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> why not just steal music and put together a highlight package of stuff to come, like Ivan Koloff. <laughs> you know, just keep well, on just, Ivan Koloff. I'm just saying, like. This ECW contention thing is like when I found out Santa wasn't real. It's like I've been lied in my entire life. But John Cena's not real? No, he said Santa. Oh. It's like when told, somebody told me Santa wasn't real or the Tooth Fairy wasn't real. I'm like, really? The ECW heavy championship contention isn't real? Jesus Christ. Wow. Well, if you already knew it wasn't real. They were trying to pretend like there was ten people in contention for any belt at any time. They they barely have fifteen people on the roster, <laughs> and they got They got to have at least five teams. So a couple of them teams have to be in contention for other belts. And they had don't forget they got the prestigious Pennsylvania State title, yeah, the yes. state the state ten title. <laughs> yeah, so you can't forget about that. Now, speaking of champions, up next, it's Terry Funk challenging Jimmy Snuka for the ECW TV title. Um, Here we go. Here we go. My, my question to you, sorry for taking over. No, go ahead. Was this the highlight of the show, or was it still Paulie and Eddie eating pizza? 
I think it was Polly and Eddie eating pizza. That was that was the most enjoyment was, I got. It was pizza. This was the best match Snooka's had since we started watching him in this promotion. That I'm not saying that that means it was by any yeah. means a great match. It was the best match Snooka has. I was like, it was funny because I was like, oh, Snooka's wrestling funk. I wrote down here, I'm expecting Snooka to have his work boots on tonight, and then I noticed. He doesn't have any boots on at all because he can't make up his mind whether he wants to wear boots in this promotion or not. <laughs> well, the other thing is, the other thing is, Freddie Gilbert, yeah, Freddie he's Gilbert, the referee who already the referee, <laughs> and they've mentioned a couple times that Freddie Gilbert is a fucking retard that is crazy and got everybody the match. But then there's been multiple matches where Freddie Gilbert's still the referee. Yeah, it's like you you started the story, but I mean, you, you, since you only have three referees, you're just gonna let the the bastard keep refereeing oh, matches. Oh, 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 no, no, hang on, I'm sorry. You you had my wheels spinning because I wasn't sure what exactly what you were talking about. So you mean they've already announced the fact that that Freddie Gilbert is basically a heel ref? Yes, and yeah, he's, oh, they, oh, they, they they did the promo last week where he was like standing behind it. You know, and he was standing up there, and Eddie was like, "Ah, this is my brother from a special school," and we took him back and everything. But but Freddie's still refereeing. It's like, what the fuck is going on? That's some shit that that that's some shit that um like that that, that Bubba Ray talks about on Busted Open all the time about is tightening the screws. If you have all that shit in the can, you have weeks to prepare for that shit. Yeah. Why couldn't you, in post-production, make a comment, even if it's Jay fucking Sully, say, you know, why is Kevin, you know, Kevin Law or Kevin Christensen, whatever his name is, or Gilbert, whatever his name was, why is he refereeing, you know? Mm-hmm. Why couldn't you do that in post-production? But you're saying they did, they started the angle last week and, and didn't follow through with it at all? This no, week at not all. at all. Like. Freddie Freddie was part of the the screw job on Funk at the Summer Sizzler thing we watched three weeks ago, and now he's refereeing Funk's title match against Jimmy Snuka. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but for all we know, this could have been taped at Cabrini College. <laughs> they they could they could have been still having matches long after the, the people left and everybody <laughs> moved out. You know, college could have been off for the season. It could have been the end of the of the you know thing. <laughs> yeah, these matches. Yeah, you know, it's just little things like that. But you know, that's 1993. So look at the landscape of wrestling in '93. Anyway, mm-hmm. there wasn't a whole lot. Well, there wasn't. What was better? Memphis yeah. was probably the best thing around in '93. Cornette, probably. <laughs> Smoky yeah. Mountain, Memphis. Smoky Mountain, Smoky Mountain was the best in '93, my opinion. Yeah, because you're not going to get shit out of WWE and. And and uh, Turner uh, uh, WCW, there wasn't anything going on there. Mm-hmm. So so I mean, this is a great alternative, but my God, that pizza just, looked pretty good though. They just got to get their shit together, as Todd Gordon would say, and they'll be aces. Uh, Snuka actually does work a little in this match instead of just dogging it like he has been. Um, things fall apart, shit hits the fan. Funk winds up giving the referees double nog- noggin knockers. The Canadian Wolfman makes an appearance <laughs> during this that. match. <laughs> yeah, he's going to break it up. Yeah, Canadian yeah. Wolfman. That's who we need to break up these two legends. Uh, and then I just write a slew of names of people coming out. The thing that I was like, 
what the hell's going on is why are the Koloffs all of a sudden baby faces? I, I just I wrote Ivan Koloff. Not that it matters, but <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, but all of a sudden now they're attacking the Dangerous Alliance. And uh, uh, once I saw the Canadian Wolfman, and then I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, I missed the spot where Sluka did the deal. I missed that. Then I saw where it broke down because to me, Funk, Funk worked down to Snooker. Oh, yeah. Like, because Snooker wasn't going to work up to Terry. So they weren't going to do anything, you know, amazing. You know, they weren't going to, they weren't going to set any fucking standards like Meltzer wasn't bananas over this. So <laughs> Funk worked down. Funk worked the down. Shit ain't in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And, um, so when, the when, they, when they let into the brawl, I just started seeing all the job guys run out. And then I was like, oh, I there's Dudley. And then all of a sudden I see Ivan Koloff on the floor. I'm like, Ivan Koloff is the, <laughs> the only name I wrote down. I, I was thinking like, wow, they'll pop for that. Because <laughs> Ivan Koloff ran out to try to break up that big brawl. And he, like, it, like it, I said, it, he sided with the, the faces. Koloff, Go ahead, the Koloffs, the Koloffs come out. It's Ivan Koloff and um, Vladimir. Um, Vladimir C.K., Rock and Rebel comes out. Glenn Osborne, for some fucking reason, he comes out. <laughs> it's just fucking insane. Now, the only I'd person... Have, that... um, I'd rather have that the female ref in the WWE. Um, <laughs> that red-headed guy that tries to break up stuff sometimes. Just send them out there. <laughs> the the, the one that makes the most Rene sense... Goulet would have been better at this. <laughs> <laughs> Rene Goulet would have got a, a fucking Bobby Eaton pop. Like, <laughs> like if uh, if he would have came to that curtain and he would have been there the whole entire night just wearing his Sergeant Goulet trunks with the glove on. With like, the glove. Just waiting for a reason to run through the ring. Like, he would have got the big, biggest pop of the night. And everybody with the scorpion. It would have been great. <laughs> Dude, wait till we wait till we get to that show, man. That Bobby Eaton show. You you would have thought it was in, at Madison Square Garden, <laughs> and, and just when you and just when you thought that you were at Madison Square Garden, Arn came out, or unless it was vice versa, mm-hmm. Wh- whatever it was, whoever came out first, you you, you went well, banana, but then whoever came out second, because they already thought they got their fucking payday. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then when they, I think we you know whoever it was, Bobby or Arn. And then when they were like, we ain't done, we still got the other one left. And when they came out, like the people were like, like jumping up and down. Guys that owe each other money were jumping up and down. Like, oh my God, Bobby <laughs> and Arn Anderson and ECW Arena. But yeah, wait till we get there. But that's a whole fucking different era. Where- <laughs> yeah, we got a couple years to get there, buddy. The only the only one that made sense coming out getting in this thing was Cairo, just because he gets involved in everybody's business. Yeah, in yeah. ECW. But uh, well, he's, isn't he's he the Pennsylvania champion? Yes, he is. He has the he's right the, to be there. He's the sting of ECW. <laughs> well, who bumped um? Who bumped Gordon? I didn't see that. It was Belomo. <laughs> it was. It was like Belomo wild. Belomo wildly ran at Gordon. Oh come on! <laughs> you, you're gonna make me go back and watch this, so, just so I don't have to call you a liar. Yes, yes, if I, I am. You and say you're a goddamn liar. It wasn't Belomo. It really was Belomo. 
Yes, it was. It was. I think it was. I mean, I think it was set up to be unintentional, obviously. But yeah, Belomo came hauling ass at him and knocked him down. <laughs> but isn't Belomo one of the ones that's like trying to get the medics to take take care of him? I guess, so. he felt, I guess he felt remorse. I don't know. <laughs> so he's just like, oops, to me, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just I'm trying to sorry. protect the kids. The, the, last thing, the last thing I remember was me and my plumber were sitting at my bar having a beer, and I look up at the TV, and I saw, I see Todd Gordon on the ground. So I was like, oh, my God, there was the big brawl with Ivan Koloff involved. And then I was like, Todd Gordon got bumped. And I'm thinking, like, well, who can I catch a quick shot of like in the overall scheme of things that could have bumped Todd Gordon. <laughs> he didn't expect and, Belomo. And not one, not one person that I thought of was Salvatore Belomo. <laughs> so if you're the... telling me that Sal Belomo was the guy to bump Todd Gordon. And that was like pretty much the last thing I'm right. I'm going like, well, this is interesting. Could it have been Terry? Could it have <laughs> been one of Paulie's guys, you know, Could it's it always the one, one. It's always the one you least expect. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you know, if I'm not mistaken, what didn't Sal work for Todd, like at the jewelry store or something? I've heard that before. I mean, I don't know for sure. I don't. I don't know. I don't even remember where I ever read it or heard it. But I did. I do because I remember at one point thinking, why was he getting such a big push in this in this uh, company? And yeah, I think he had some kind of a tie to Todd and his businesses. Well, how do you how do you think he, he built he boats has for him? Yeah, he's he was sitting there back there making paper boats. <laughs> I'm sorry, say that again, Aaron. I said Sal was just in the back of the fucking jewelry gold store. and silver jewelry store making paper boats. <laughs> who do you think went to who first about asking for the weekend off? <laughs> did, did Todd did Todd go to Sal and be like, Hey, can you wash the store? Why? Um, you know, we got a, a, a big show this weekend. Oh, why why not me that on the no show? You know? <laughs> <laughs> And I gotta like, be what? on. I love the kids. <laughs> yeah, what about the kids? <laughs> so Todd, I bet you Todd closed up at seven o'clock on Saturday nights, <laughs> just so he can, just so poor Belomo can get a payday. <laughs> wow, I didn't. I, dude, now that, that that just blows my mind, knowing that you said that was Belomo doing that. Uh, because I'm just trying to think, like you know, literally look at it from you know where I'm looking at it from. Wow, you know the owner is getting bumped. You know you don't bump. You know you don't bump the figurehead. You know for Sal Blomo. Like <laughs> that would have been, been, been like would have been worse if Larry Winters would have bumped him. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody took out Jim Hurd. Who was it? Norman the Lunatic. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that, that probably would have been because I, I, I knew Norman the Lunatic. I got into a fight with him. He's a fucking idiot. He's dead, right? <laughs> Yeah, he's dead. Yeah. All right, well, fuck him. Yeah, he ain't going <laughs> to complain. Me, me and him got into an argument at a hotel over, over something, and I called him a fucking jabroni. I called him a jabroni. And and, and he was like, who are, who are you? I said, well, I'm a jabroni. <laughs> so I think I have every single right to tell you where you stand in this business. Was this, was this when he was wrestling as Friar Ferguson or Bastion Booger? Oh, it was after all of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, it was after all of them. We were, we were at a convention together, and and I was fucking hammer timed, and <laughs> oh, I was fucking demolished. And um, we were waiting for a cab or a bus or something to go back to the hotel, and we just started talking, and I just started laughing at him. 
about the fire Ferguson and, the, and I was like, I would never do that. And he was like, Oh, all the money he made. I mean, like all the money he made. Look at you. You're the same bus stop I'm at. Yeah, we're waiting for the same fucking shuttle bus to go back to the hotel. You know. Yeah. So we got, um, we got we got into a big gigantic argument, and then I was what? and then he, he after I called him a jabroni and he and, and then and he said, "Well, who are you?" I said, "I'm a jabroni." He kind of like his friends kind of walked away with him, and he was like trying to give me the old, "Yeah, look at this guy. He thinks he's in the business because he's a jabroni." <laughs> Damn right I am. Um, before that, I was gonna say my favorite Mike Shaw story I've ever heard was um, <laughs> Bruce Pritchard talked about him because your story topped what Bruce Pritchard said. <laughs> was, um, it, Bruce Pritchard said Mike Shaw was in the WWF and looked at Pat Patterson and said, hey, um, what do I need to do to get a bigger spot here? And Pat Patterson was like, I don't know. Go talk to Vince. And he goes and talks to Vince. <laughs> and then um, Bruce said, Pat saw him like saw Mike Shaw like five hours later and was like, Hey, how'd your conversation with Vince go? And he goes, He gave me my release. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's the exception <laughs> because I mean, yeah. have you ever heard of the story of the Jedi mind, Vince? Yeah. Yeah, you go into his office pissed off, and you walk out thinking <laughs> thinking that the the gobbledygooker is the greatest gimmick in the yeah. world. <laughs> you're you're trying to tell me that Norman the Lunatic <laughs> walked into Vince McMahon's office asking for a bigger spot after he'd already been Friar Ferguson. <laughs> um, who was the other one? Bastion, Bastion Booger. Bastion Booger. <laughs> um, you know, after he's been all them people, and he's he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna hold his his ground. <laughs> According to Bruce, line in the sand, man. Line in the sand, man. Mike Shaw went in there and said, "Vince, what do I need to do to get a bigger push in here?" And Vince was basically, "I got nothing for you, man. You're released." I, I, bet, yeah, I bet you the biggest <laughs> push was he said, "You know what you got to do, Mike? Turn around, open that door." And when he Get opened the, the door, Vince out. came up behind him and just kicked him in the fucking ass. <laughs> That's the biggest push they're going to get here. Vince wasn't in the fucking mood that night, was he? Muckam Singh going to come in here and tell me how to run the WWF. Muck them, sing your goddamn ass out the door. <laughs> that's fucking. That's amazing. That's amazing to me because he's the <laughs> only person. That's fucking just as as mind boggling as the Salbaloma was the guy that fucking bought the <laughs> and um that he's the only guy that the the, the walking in the, the the Jedi mind vents didn't work on. Like he 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 must have wanted he must have wanted to go he, him and him and nails. <laughs> Well, oh, <laughs> well, nails for other reasons, but um, but yeah, um, if I, you know, I don't know, maybe it sounds like to me that maybe Mike wanted to go home. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know his family situation, and honestly, I never had, a, I, I didn't have a problem with him then. I, I was just fucking with him. Mm-hmm. You know, we were at the bar drinking. And, you know, he just couldn't, I guess he just couldn't deal with, 
or he didn't want, he, he didn't want to deal with, you know, some drunken fucking job guy <laughs> trying to trying to categorize him in the same in the same frame as him. So, don't yeah, you wish but, you don't you wish you knew at that time where you could have been like at least I'm not the only guy that ever walked out of Vince's office. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Vince's office with my walking papers. I would have more respect for him <laughs> if, if he was just if he would have stood, you know, said I stood my ground, to Vince. Like, but you got fired. <laughs> but I stood my ground. I was like, you know what? That's pretty badass, <laughs> honestly. Because look at everybody else. You know, look at Prince Albert. <laughs> fuck. I mean, I don't even na- name anyone. You know what I mean? Even like even Bubba. I- I thought your stupid hump was the biggest thing on you, but it's your balls, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I hear stories, you know, about people that I that I I, I don't talk to regularly, but I I still talk to, mm-hmm. and they've had them moments, them humbling moments, you know, because Vince is that guy. Vince is that humbling. Mm-hmm. I, I've never. I, I'm just glad I never had to do it. Because I, I wouldn't have known what, what I would do. You know, of all the pay-per-views, all the Raws, all the house shows, all the everything that I've ever been to, I've that is a guy I've never seen live in person. Who, Bastion Booker? No, Vince McMahon. (laughs) Of all the shows I've gone to over time. It sounds like you're sad. I never I really wish I would have spent my $75 and saw Bastion Booger. (laughs) I I was getting ready to message Aaron privately and me being like, are you sure you want to do a show with this guy? (laughs) All his life, all he wanted to do was see Bastion Booger? Booger. Friar Ferguson and you want to put Norman all your eggs in this guy's basket? And Norman the lunatic. Right, so, so Vince is the one guy you've never seen. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I just it's it's. I was thinking about it, and it's amazing to me that all the shows that I've gone to, even during the time when he was doing Mr. McMahon, if I went to a Raw or something, he was. It just happened to be a week that Mr. McMahon wasn't on. Or whatever you know, I, I've never seen Vince McMahon live in person. I I got I got to agree. I don't think I have a Vince story. No, mm-hmm. I mean, I I had been I had been to shows like one of the most infamous photos um, is uh, when Austin gets arrested. Mm-hmm. Like the the raw where Vince gets him arrested. Well, the guy that owns the school in Baltimore is the main cop in the shop. Hmm. And every single time, every single year, it pops up as a memory. And he's like, remember that time when I arrested <laughs> Stone Cold? <laughs> and he always, yeah, he always posts that shit. And I remember... Um, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I because, love that. You know, like Steve, like Steve like, I have hot. nothing else going in my, on in my life. But, but I am the guy day. that arrested Stone Cold I'm Steve Austin. <laughs> well, I worked for Vince McMahon for 27 minutes. <laughs> so what are you going to tell me? You wouldn't do it? <laughs> oh, I'd do it. <laughs> of course you would do it. Like and, a rat and, on a uh, Cheeto. <laughs> and he, he wasn't even there. He wasn't even there to work. Like, I, I can't remember what year it was. Maybe it was, was it like maybe 98, 99? Yeah, it would have been 98. So he was probably there because him being the owner of, of Maryland Wrestling, 
and could the quote unquote head trainer there, mm-hmm. he was probably getting talent for TV. And you so, said that you said that was uh, Maryland, right? Yeah, it was Dan McDevitt was so, the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say because the, I think it was it was one of those few raws right after WrestleMania fourteen, and they were in the Boston, you know, Maryland, Baltimore area for a few weeks after WrestleMania fourteen. Why that that meant that long? Yeah, because I remember Raw was or WrestleMania was in Boston that year, and then. And that's when they were like, doing the. That's when they were doing the. Um, you tape a live. Yeah, you, uh, I got you. Produce a live show, tape a show, produce a live show, tape a live show. Mm-hmm. Was that when? Was that when they were doing like the next town was SmackDown? Like there was no, another they, town running SmackDown, or would they would do a Raw and a SmackDown? They hadn't like, even got. They hadn't even got to SmackDown at that point yet. I don't think SmackDown came around till ninety nine, maybe. I, I just yeah. love watching all them old shows when they would come to Baltimore and see all the guys that came to our wrestling school, like on there, and just see them as you know security guys in the back. <laughs> like my my cousin got the opportunity to um to work AJ Styles I think twice, like on TV, and, and then he also got the I'm also friends with Ellsworth. I, I don't I don't know if that holds any water or anything. James Ellsworth. Yeah, yeah, that guy was entertaining, man. He got, do you know how he got his job? No. And I know, I know James, I know James good enough that I can say it and he wouldn't get pissed off at me. Vince thought he was funny looking. Because <laughs> he has like no chin or whatever. Yeah, he was hanging out backstage. I mean, I, I'm sure that James will tell you a different, different version of the story. And I don't see why he wouldn't or he shouldn't. But. He was backstage, and they were looking for extras, and I don't forget who the agents were, and maybe it was Arn, maybe. I don't know. Somebody walked up to up to him. He was hanging out with somebody who was doing extra work, and Vince happened to walk by and just say, hey, look at that guy. He's funny looking. <laughs> and they gave him a spot, and, you know, and, and, and look what it did. It changed that guy's life, man. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I, I went on social media and watched everybody just killing him. Kill him. <laughs> and I just said, what about Gilbert? You know what Gilbert was? Gilbert was the guy who worked for Vince in the fucking early 90s as a TV yeah. job guy. Yeah. And Dwayne Gill was, well, I shouldn't say was because he's still with us, but Dwayne Gill's a fucking talent. And um, come on, don't give Dwayne that much fucking credit. <laughs> Yeah, he is. I'm I'm friends with Dwayne. Even he would tell you uh, he's a bumping machine, man. He's a bumping machine. And I watched the guy live in Fort Wayne a couple years back, and he was super entertaining. I like Dwayne Gill. Oh, I love Dwayne. Dwayne, Dwayne's a great guy, and he's another guy that knew his role. He knew he he was there for. You know, have you have you have you seen his cameos or heard his cameos? Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> they're, they're amazing. <laughs> you're, you're, you're. I'm about to unveil a cameo, the new Chad Austin cameos, because I, I, I'm eligible to sign up for independent pro wrestler and reality TV star because of my Jerry Springer. So That's awesome. I, I just haven't figured out what I'm going to charge yet. But it's going to be some ridiculously cheap amount. 
And I'll just say, well, why don't you just give me your phone number? <laughs> and, you know, I'll just call you and talk to you. <laughs> People call me all the time that are in my Facebook group that I don't even know who they are. They call me and go, hey, man, I was looking at your page. Would you happen to have this show or whatever? I go, I don't know. Um, let, let me go home. I'm not home right now. <laughs> and, and, like, I'm who a, are you? I'm a, yeah, I'm at the drive-thru. I'm getting, I'm getting some Burger King. What do you want? <laughs> but but uh, uh, is, it, is it time to go over the, the overall rating of this fucking disaster? Yes, let's do that. And I say, I rate this show. Uh, Polly and Eddie were really good in their segment. <laughs> Other than that, I could live without it. Do you think that do you think that segment kept the show afloat if it was on the Titanic? Yes, it was in the middle, kept things buoyant. <laughs> yes, it was it balanced things out. Um I mean the 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 Terry Funk Jimmy Snook a match wasn't terrible. It just wasn't anything, you know, like if you're talking about two legends of wrestling that you would expect to see and then the ending was a clusterfuck. The tag team title thing was a waste of my time and and Hunter Q. So, yeah, like I said, I mean, the only thing that really, really was good to me was the Eddie Polly deal. I think maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm just I'm a, I'm a blind homer here, but the Snooker Funk match, I think would have looked a whole lot better if it was dark. Yeah. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Like, don't you think if you couldn't look around and see how bored everybody else was? <laughs> <laughs> That you wouldn't be like, yeah, this does kind of suck. Yeah, the Snooka Funk match would have been great in the Thunderdome. <laughs> With the piped-in audience and the... Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that match would have been over. That match would have been over like fucking negative one against Marco Stunt's going to be. <laughs> like, no, but you understand what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. If that, if that match would have been in the arena that just had one light above the ring... With like you know, clearly you couldn't hear the commentary, you know, in the building, mm-hmm. and it was just these two guys going out there. You could look at it like it's an old traditional house show match, you know, right? And, and you could probably get into it a little more, but no, you could stand around and look at everybody else holding the signs up, and you know, you see people talking to their friends, walking you know, around, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're just not paying attention. So you're like, what, well, you know. Why do and I it was care? Probably they the, know. It was probably two thirty in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. So, if, if I had to give it a guess, I mean, I, I mean, a rating. Have you won yet, Aaron? Because I, I think I, I think I, I go. Or did you even give it a, a rating? <laughs> oh, I'll give it a rating. I gave this match a um, half a star. No, not, not the match. The show. Oh, the show. You gave uh, the match a half a star. You gave Snook and Funk a half a star? It was boring. Well, who got the other half? The Ivan Koloff? (laughs) Reference on the floor? Ivan Koloff. The show itself is a star. One star. All right, Nate, you, you, would you give it? That was about what I gave it to, was was just a star. I thought we were normally going with the, the ABC scale, but... ABC scale. I'm pretty sure I've consistently given it um, a, a C minus D plus. This probably would have been a D, a D, a D or D. No, I wouldn't say it's a D minus, but it would have been a solid D. 
And star-wise, maybe if they did something good, they would have gotten a star. Has Meltzer right. ever given out zero stars? Like, it's either a star or it's a zero star, right? Yeah. So I, I'm giving it zero stars. <laughs> no stars not at negative, all. negative, not nothing. No star for you. If we're going to give this show a letter grade, I, <clears throat> I'd say it gave me a without permission. What was that, Aaron? I'm sorry, you froze up. I said if I was going to give this show a letter grade, I'd say it gave me a solid D without asking permission. <laughs> yeah, Oof. there you go, man. At least we were kind of on the same page. None of us are trying to twist the other guy's arm by going, boy, how could you, you know, how could you think the Sal Luna promo? Or, yeah, we, we <laughs> all that, like Look at that we winner's all, match. Like it was thing. fantastic. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this show sucked. <laughs> well, sucked, sucked is pretty bad. Because, I mean, a lot of these shows have sucked. But it's better, it's better to have the shows than to not have the shows, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So to say they sucked... Uh, yeah, let's stick with they were doozies. Because <laughs> doozies is, you know, much more conducive to pro wrestling than saying it <laughs> sucked. Because then, now I'm looking at AEW, NXT. Oh, whoa, this one sucked, this one sucked. I, I don't like to say they sucked. The, now, doing the reverse amnesia here. Oh, here we go. T- talking about next week. Here we go. Next week's, the preview for next week's show on the WWE Network July 27th, 1993. <clears throat> After invading Commissioner Todd Gordon's press conference, hot stuff Eddie Gilbert demands respect in the so-called King of Philadelphia as the so-called King of Philadelphia and takes over this edition of Eastern Championship Wrestling. Plus, Terry Funk in action and the Sandman goes one-on-one with Sir Jonathan Hotbody. So there you go. There's a little preview of next week. Apparently we're going to get, sounds like it's going to be an Eddie Gilbert heavy show if he's quote unquote taken over the show. So, well, that's that, that reeks to me of, um, well, I don't know. You tell me what that reeks to you of. Um, either one of you guys, you tell me if you can't smell that a mile away, what, what they're building to for next week's show. Like, you know, tell me, what do you think? Well, I think that, I think that if you're having, I, I, I guess, okay, I'm trying to figure out your angle. But if you're having Eddie, quote-unquote, take over the show, and it's probably going to be an Eddie-heavy show, it's probably also going to be a highlight-heavy show. And, and largely post-produced. Yes. Yes. You're going to you might, you're gonna see, a, um, is this when we start to see, have you watched it yet, previewed it yet, Nate? No. I mean, is this when we start to see Eddie in the studio? Kind of that thing? You know, re- yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, I mean, let me see here. Just looking that, at that, yeah. That, that sounds like we're starting to build in that direction where if he started to take over the show, that means they've already ran through as much bullshit as they can throw out there. And even Eddie's getting sick of seeing hot body. And <laughs> you know, and, and and he looks at the lineup and goes, The super destroyers <laughs> again? <laughs> How about we just do twenty minutes and, of me? <laughs> and that's Eddie. That that and honestly, Eddie. Go ahead. Ed? And if it goes, if if, if this if the description says 
Terry Funk in action, and I don't mm. want to like talk about mm. like Perfect. terrible things or whatever. Okay. But but if it says <laughs> Terry Funk in action, I I don't think he's fighting Perfect. Herve. I well, think well. he's probably fighting Rock and Rebel. No, it's got to be Herve. <laughs> Herve's the only in action you get. <clears throat> That's unbelievable. Well, so next week, announce it. Go ahead, Nate. Announce it. Next, <laughs> next week, week on ECW, Paulie, it's Paulie. <laughs> we're going to have Terry Funk against Herve. Ter- Terry on, Funk against on the on the ECW. The ECW. <laughs> well, there, there you go for your tease for next week when you post it online. <laughs> like next week's show is going to be Terry Funk versus Herve Ernesto. <laughs> Funk then, versus Funk versus we'll Ernesto. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we're right because if they're if they're going to say Terry Funk in action, it's got to be Herb Ernesto. <laughs> I mean, uh, all right. The worst case scenario would be Donnie Allen, but my guess is going to be it's going to be it's going to be Ernesto Beneficio, who also moonlights as Herb Ernesto. <laughs> well, that being said, for this week's show, Chad, anything you want to uh, say to the listeners as we sign off? I hope you guys enjoyed it so far because it's been a great it's been a great journey, not visually, but <laughs> it's been audio stimulating, and, and I'm sure you're going to plug all your um your things. So just follow me on the old Twitter. It's uh, Chad Austin Demera. Follow me on Facebook. The same. Check out Chad's video vault for all your latest or really old school wrestling tapes. And other than that, for upcoming appearances. Don't look for them because I ain't going anywhere but downstairs <laughs> to get a beer. Aaron, any any sound off? Um, I just say um, I hope you guys out there listening had a good New Year's and a good Christmas, and um, <laughs> follow us at the Reliving the Extreme Podcast Facebook page mm-hmm. and the We Can't Wrestle Facebook page, and I have a lesser known Facebook page that's trading chops. It's fun over there. And um just be kind to each other and have a good fucking twenty twenty one because twenty twenty fucking sucked. And um just that's all I got. All right everybody. Again, thank you for joining us, and as Aaron said, don't forget to, if you have not yet, check out the We Can't Wrestle podcast, the We Can't Wrestle podcast Facebook page, and uh, I would be remiss and possibly in divorce court if I didn't mention to also check out my wife and my podcast, the Motley Soup podcast. It's not a wrestling show, but it is fun, just a slice of life podcast. Check that you know out what? if you get a I chance. Might, I might check that out when we're done here because my, my, my wife's downstairs. It's her TV night. And I'm upstairs doing this ridiculous audio fucking shit up here. <laughs> and I'm going to be forced to have to stay up here for a couple more hours. Are these long shows? Uh, 30, 30, to, 30 minutes to an hour. Normally, oh. average of 45 minutes. You know what? What's it called? Motley Soup? The Motley Soup. All right. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to come on here next week, and I'm going to give you a review of what I thought of Motley Soup. Oh boy, I'm going to look forward to that. <laughs> and, and believe me, it's, it's going to be—it's a doozy, Chad. <laughs> well, 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 believe me, if um if I didn't know you even did it, you'll know I watched it by the one listen that you got <laughs> on, on whatever app you check it out on. 
sucks because he's never let me be a guest on it. <laughs> you don't have guests? Uh, all right. Thank you for I'm joining us. I'm his own flesh and blood, and he's never let me on the Motley Suit. I've scorned my brother's honor. Thank you for joining us on Reliving the Extreme, and we will see you next week, everybody. Have a great week. <laughs>